All right, let's pray and get started. Jesus, we just thank you for this amazing opportunity to uh, gather together this Sunday before Christmas to be inspired by you and each one of our lives, that each one of us would be filled with hope and expectancy towards seeing more of you in our own life personally and the lives and the communities and the places around us that we frequent every day. Uh, we just ask that at the uh, end of today's gathering, each one of us just feels closer to one another, closer to you, uh, and just leaves with that, that spark, that something that we can just bring into our week to give away to others. In Jesus' name, amen. That was a 40-second prayer. Okay, maybe i got to shorten those up a little bit. Having it right there and seeing the, the numbers is something different. So, yeah, we're, we're in the last Sunday, I guess, of Advent season, and we're not meeting next Sunday because it's actually Christmas on a Sunday and the school won't let us, and I don't, I'm going to be in Duluth with family. I don't think Ryan wants to come in and do the, the message. That's right. When do you guys leave? Thursday. Thursday. All right. Exciting. Who are you staying with? Tulsa. With Auntie Oh, Yeah. Nice. We have a lot of people traveling this weekend, as you can see. I had no idea what this was going to look like, thus the chairs in the circle, to do it a little differently. But um, yeah, there's, this Advent is, is together with uh, followers of Jesus all around the globe, just tapping into this expectation of seeing more. Some of it's the tapping into the expectation that, our, that those who came before us, the writers of the Gospels, the 2,000 years of Christians since then, that this anticipation of more of Jesus, um, there's more of Jesus in our own life, more of Jesus in the communities around us, that more of the kingdom come, it's that, that longing for more. And last Sunday, Katrina spoke and really got into the, there's something about that waiting period too, that expectancy, that, that not having it, that, that plays into this. Uh, but that's not today's. Um, when I first... I think really understood the gospel, um, which I think is kind of what we're celebrating at Christmas time. When I understood grace, when I understood Jesus correctly, what he came to do and celebrate, I was at a place where um, uh, I didn't need grace to be uh, liberating me from some kind of religious duties. I had just given up on religious duties. I figured. Uh, my life was as good as it was going to get. There wasn't a lot of hope of being used to change my neighborhood or my family or anything else. It was just uh, I saw what I thought was required to earn God's love, and I realized I wasn't going to be able to do said requirements, and so I just kind of was okay being complacent. Uh, and I think really understanding what Jesus uh, came to give us this uh, this empowerment, this giving us something more, believing in us, it, it changed so much for me. I mean, it took me to a place where I would have never wanted to be a minister uh, to being like, I think I should do this. And not that I needed to, or but I could because of him. It was like, with, like, man, if this isn't my performance, if this is all because of what Jesus did, and we're sharing this, we're tapping into this message that gives hope, that empowers, that that there's so much more to this that it just gets exciting. And so there was something liberating in that, but it was, it was different. It was this empowerment that just kicked forward to something else. 
Advent is at the end of our calendar year, and it gets us ready. At the, in the Christian calendar, it's at the beginning of the calendar. This is this excitement, this hope, this tapping into, like, sets us up for the rest of the year. It, like, propels us forward um, to go into what we're doing. Now, I've got a friend who uh, is, I guess you can't really say he's homeless anymore because he moved to Duluth and is living with a family member. But uh, this friend of mine, we've, uh, Jeffrey, to you guys who know him, uh, has been to Bloom a few different times. And we actually met one Sunday that he saw one of our signs outside and stumbled in and uh, is completely different than me. He's super short. He's, uh, you know, it's, we're, uh, but there was something more there. There was a friendship that needed to happen. And talking, Jeffrey's been a Christian, per se, all his life, but he had given up on God using him at all, or society needing him at all, and so he had been on the street for eight years at the time when I first met him, and probably was another two years after that until just recently, so ten years learning to just survive on his own, uh, and he's, we would have, uh, every month we would have breakfast together and talk and do some shopping and figure things out, and you could just tell from his conversation there were some things that he was really passionate about when it came to God and most of the rest he just wrote off as like there's just nothing for me in this because he's in his 50s on the street he's got a little bit of a speech impediment it's it's there's just there wasn't this hope this anticipation for more of God this expectancy he needed grace to empower him to see that there was something more going on um, and so sometimes this gift of grace, this message of grace, this message that really try that this this Christmas, this coming again, this more of God. Sometimes it comes in this liberating us from like we're working too hard and we just need a break, and we just need to slow down and be like, okay, it's not about me spinning wheels or trying to impress someone. And then there's sometimes when we need this message to say, hey, like I've given all this to you, like I'm empowering you, like it's better that I've left. And giving this all to you than if I would have stayed. And that message, that's really something to think about. Like it really is better that Jesus isn't here in the flesh right now because he says that the rest of us can do a better job than if he was still here. And so if we believe that or if we tap into that in Advent, that ex- expecting more that it, it's my life is better with the Holy Spirit inside of me than Jesus standing next to me um, and really live that out, like wanting to see more of that, where can that take us and where can that go? And so I don't know about you, but there just seems to be this flow. Sometimes we need one, sometimes we need the other. Um, in uh, 2 Corinthians 3, Paul says, still, yeah. um, in verse 2 he says, you are our letter. Every word is burned onto our hearts to be read by everyone. You're the living letter of the anointed one, the liberating king, nurtured by us and inscribed, not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God. A letter too passionate to be chiseled onto stone tablets, but emblazoned upon the human heart. I've read this verse probably a thousand times here, but there's something about the gospel still being lived out in our lives. And this Advent being, I want to see more of this. Uh, your life is probably more of a testimony or more of a inspiring letter of what God's doing on the earth than the scriptures will ever be for most of the people that we know in our lives. What God's doing through you, through your actions, the people you touch, the people you love, the changes that come through you, the hope, the seeing more of Jesus that's in your life is is better than uh, 
um, what they're going to find in the Gospels for most people because you're living, you're in front of them, you're, your story is powerful, it's changing, there's, some, there's a connection that they have to that. And so do we realize that? Do we, is there something going on there more? In verse 4 he says, this is the confidence that we can have in and through the anointed toward our God. It says, don't be mistaken, in and of ourselves we know or we have very little to offer. And this is that same, that understanding like, it's, if you're basing the kingdom on me, we're in trouble. But he says, but any competence or value we have comes from God. It's this, on your own, yeah, we really couldn't do much, but, but with the Holy Spirit, God and us together, he's like, it's, there's so much we can do. And he says, God has equipped us to be capable servants of this new covenant, not by the authority of a written law, which only brings death, but by the Spirit, which brings life. He says, now consider this, if the ministry of death, which was chiseled in stone, came with much more glory, came with so much glory that the Israelites could not bear to look at Moses' face, even as that glory was fading, imagine the kind of greater glory that will accompany the ministry of the Spirit. This ministry of death, which is chiseled on stone tablets, is referring to the Ten Commandments, this, this list of if you perform correctly, God will be happy with you or do it. And it calls it the ministry of death. A little bit later, it calls it the ministry of condemnation. It says that this had a glory that came with it, but this empowerment, this ministry of the Spirit, how much better is that going to be? How much do we want to see that? Are we expecting it? Is there an anticipation for more of this truth to be real in our lives? Um, and it says in verse 9, if, if the glory that was ushered in by this ministry that offers condemnation, how much more glory will attend the ministry that promises to redeem and set the world right again. That's what we're talking about here. This anticipation of more is there's something, there's a spark, there's something inside of each of us that scriptures tell us we can be hopeful for that will set the world right again, that will redeem, that will restore. Um, in verse 12 it says, in light of this hope that we have, we act with great confidence and speak with great courage. Um, it says, we don't act like Moses who covered his face with a veil so that the children of Israel wouldn't stare at the glory on him. Their minds became as hard as stones. Um, and for up to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, the same veil continues to hide the glory. This veil is lifted only through the anointed one, Jesus. Even today, a veil covers the hearts when the words of Moses are read. But in the moment when one turns toward the Lord, this veil is removed. And by the Lord, what I mean is the Spirit, and in any heart where the Spirit of the Lord is present, there is liberty. Now with all of us with our faces unveiled, we are reflecting the glory of the Lord as if we are mirrors. And so we're being transformed, metamorphosed into his same image from one radiance of glory to another, just as the Spirit of the Lord accomplishes it. There is a radiation of God's glory that... that is already present in our life, whether we realize it or not. This is what's showing the face of our liberating king to our neighbors, to our family, to coworkers in our life. Like this is that hope it says that we have is that we can walk out and knowing that because the spirit is in the inside of us, something different is happening, something more. And, and Advent and today is to just to realize that we're reflecting God as if we are mirrors. We're reflecting Jesus everywhere we go, the way we respond to things, the way we love people, the way we hug them, the way we make Christmas at auntie and uncle's house even a little more special. It's, it's, it's not just because we have to or because we can. It's this reflection that just can't be hidden. There's just something 
that needs to be shown, that needs to reflect from us. Um, this is what being a follower of Jesus is all about. A follower implies action, and we've always talked about that. It's not just being a Christian and sitting back and being like, okay, this was great. There's a part of grace that says, I've given you something now, too. I've empowered you. Like, like I'm being reflected in you right now. Like, don't hide this under a basket. Don't just put it in your closet. Don't just keep it on Sunday mornings. Like, let this, let this radiate. And it doesn't have to look awkward or weird or come with tracks or but we're talking about genuine love of God and sometimes all that can happen with love too I had a guy I got my first track the other day in a grocery store and he did seem really loving was a nice guy and it wasn't awkward and in a long time long time since someone has decided that I was worthy of the kingdom and giving me up just kidding (laughs) um yeah so it doesn't have to be that way but there's just something about the way we can love people the way we forgive, the way we don't get upset. Um, uh, I was inspired by a story even uh, Mark and I, Mark Sheriff and I were supposed to go uh, to a brewery yesterday uh, and hang out for a little bit because they had a condiment fair and a mutual friend of ours was selling some products there and right before we were supposed to leave he, he told me that his, his dog uh, at the dog park got like attacked by this other dog. And, uh, and just the way Mark handled it, like, he just seemed like he, he made sure his dog was okay, and he's just like, I'm just going to, you know, get him to the hospital. And there just seemed to be this peace about it where he wasn't like, this is all your, you know what I mean? Like, the way he told the story, and even afterwards when I was checking up on him, there was just something beautiful about it. It didn't seem like I was like, would I have done that? Like, if some dog bit Turkish, like, I would be, like, crazy mad. Like, would I would have been able to look and reflect at that moment, or would I have reacted instead of acted it's like that that am i reflecting am i am i just going too fast or can i slow down and be like there's something more here there's something more beautiful there's uh even at the end marks like it i think it costs like 475 bucks to get the stitches because they had to put dudley's his dog under and like but he wasn't it didn't seem to be worried about like i'm gonna find this guy and get my money back or it was just like i'm dudley's okay now and uh we missed this opportunity to hang. like it was more about that we missed an opportunity to hang because i had to take my dog into the the vet. There's something even in these little micro actions that can just speak to God among us, God, something showing brighter, something happening, something redeeming. There's something going on in the world that we're invited to take place and be a part of. If we go a little bit farther in Corinthians, in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14, it starts in verse 17, and he says, If anyone's united with the anointed one, that person is a new creation. The old life is gone, and see, a new life has begun. And all this is a gift from our Creator God, who has pursued us and brought us into this restored and healthy relationship with him through the anointed. And he has given us this same mission, this mission of reconciliation, to bring others back to him. It's central to the good news that God was in the anointed making things right between himself and the world. This means that he doesn't hold their sins against them. And he's talking about the world here, not just followers. He's like, he made things right between the world and himself. And he doesn't hold the world's sins against them any longer. And it also means he charges us to proclaim this message that heals and restores our broken relationships with God and each other. The message of Christmas is a message that heals and restores brokenness, broken relationships, broken things that we see around us and it's something that seems to be easy reflecting is not hard to do it doesn't take effort it's not 
It's not trying. It's nothing that you, even you have to muster up because we're reflecting him. It's not you're reflecting Shira, and if Shira looks good enough, then it's going to look like Jesus. I'm just reflecting Jesus, and it's taking that time to be like, hey, what, what needs to be brought in this? Where can light, where can healing, where can, where can I maybe keep my mouth shut and instead smile or hug or restore? I, um, I was reading a book recently um, in November by... Uh, I cannot remember the author's name. He wrote the, like, Brothers Kamarchik and, uh... Whatever. Same thing. Kamarchik Bakery is all I think of when I see the book, so it's always Brothers Kamarchik. Karamazov. Who's the author of that? Yeah, yeah. What she said. He's, he's a follower of Jesus, and, um, he has a book titled something about, like, walking in the way of Jesus or something, but it's all about, like, this passivity but this, like, if someone has hurt you, don't, like, get frustrated at them. Like, show, like, this instant forgiveness. Like, don't worry about it. If someone uh, ruins your car, to not just be this, like, I'm just, I'm all in it just to get my car fixed, and then I'll worry about you later. He's like this, he's like, we don't worry about that. We show that we trust something greater. He's like, there's, it's this call to something more. And, man, it was challenging to read. This is an old book. And he talked about how even, like, uh, politics or consumerism, even back then consumerism, which is funny to think of, uh, how it it's invades this message of like, hey, I'm not worried about me or getting my due. Like, I'm, I'm going to be fine. Are you okay? Like, let's, let's have forgiveness here. And the Mark's story from yesterday reminded me of that right away. I'm like, there's another example of this, like, showing something greater, a different, a different path that's not afraid of where my recompense is going to come from or whatever I need, but I'm just trusting God that there's something bigger here. A relationship is bigger than the broken car or the dog with the, you know, that needs a few stitches or there's, there's a bigger story that we're invited into here. It says in verse 20, it says, We are representatives of the anointed one, the liberating king. God has given us the charge to carry this through our life, urging all people on behalf of the anointed to become reconciled to the creator God. He's orchestrated this the anointed one who never experienced sin to become sin for us so that in him we might embody the very righteousness of God. Um, the word righteousness in the New Testament a lot of times could even be um, translated almost like God's justice. There's, it isn't this, it is this perfect life, but it, it, there's so much justice that it's, it's, it's seeing the need or the brokenness and wanting to be a part of restoring that. There's, that, that plays into this word righteousness wherever it is. And so it's this being God's redeeming justice, this, this hand, this love that extends beyond your needs, trusting that you're taken care of so we can start to take care of the things that we see going on around us. Um, there's something so beautiful in... Um, this message of grace that it's it's announcement that that uh, you're a child of the divine like his DNA is already in you it's not something you've earned it's not something it was a gift freely given towards everyone you weren't chosen because of your family or anything like that it's we're already a child of the divine made made in his image with his DNA it's not um, how you're going to get there someday it's who you already are it's 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 not I need to put on more of Jesus, reflect more of Jesus. I already have that DNA in me. I just need to let it do its own thing. 
I just need to not hinder it. I just need to not stop it. It's already there. It's already working. It's already something. And so this advent, this tapping into expectancy is saying, hey, I, I just want to let this flow more. I want to let this happen. This is more, this DNA seems more real to who you are and wants to be used than anything that, any habits, anything we've put on ourselves before. And it's just being like, okay. But a lot of it's trusting that, man, I, I am made in the image of this liberating king. There is something greater on the inside of me at work. Um, and so there's, we, we're people of grace. We're, we're a grace church. It's, it's all about this gift that God's given to us. And so we've got this gift of grace. That's supposed to look like a present. And it looks like a box with eyeballs on top. But, uh, and sometimes this message gets us to slow down and brings freedom. And there's other times when it gets us to have some action and it empowers us and calls us peacemakers and reminds us that it's better that he was gone because each and every one of us are like little Jesus is running around reflecting him. We've got the same DNA, we've got the same thing, but it doesn't change. I think it's this circle that keeps going. Like you're gonna, there's gonna be a time in your life when you're gonna need this liberation, this freedom, this slow down because you got a little too ahead of yourself. You took on too many projects. You thought you could change the whole neighborhood in one calendar, you know, month. And you're like, whoa, I just, I'm trying too hard. This is more me than reflection now. And you're just going to need to hear that message that says, hey, just slow down. It's not about you getting this stressed out. It's not about you doing all this right now. Just slow down. And we need this message. And so you're going to sit and you're going to find that healing and you're going to find that rest, but it's going to push us into the same message is going to all of a sudden then when you're rested and ready it's going to be like hey don't forget my spirit's on the inside of you you're reflecting me you're a peacemaker you're here to bring the kingdom of earth and it's this invitation it's not this have to but he invites you back into the story and says hey let's let's change things and so there's going to be a time when you're changing things or you're doing things or uh at one point i was hanging out with jeffrey so much it just was like jeff we just need to let's just put Every three weeks, we'll just put a thing on the calendar. Call me once a week to check in. I just, I'm so busy right now. I just need a break. We needed some boundaries. We needed a way to make it work so it was sustainable. But I needed to know that I wasn't just being selfish, that this was like, hey, I need, I need some space. I need some healing. I need some time. But then at the same time, it's like, hey, someone needs to believe and love and be a friend to this beautiful child of God as well. Someone needs to believe in him and be like, Jeff, there's more on the inside of you than just a guy who's, who's, who thinks society's forgotten about him. Like, you can, he's so beautiful. He, Jeff gets up super early in the morning to serve at these shelters that he's at. So he's, he's never the guy who just sleeps there. He's always serving breakfast somewhere in the morning. And when that breakfast is done and everything's cleaned up, he eats, and when he's done eating, then he'll go to like a, an AA house and start making coffee there so that anyone coming in who needs that space to talk or have something going on, he's just like serving constantly, but he doesn't put two and two together that you're changing so much and you're doing so much already. And so we can't ever forget that this 
message has multiple parts and that there's different seasons and there's almost a life cycle to it. It's an inhale and an exhale. There's times when you just need to inhale grace and it just says, cool it, relax, like get filled up. But then there's an exhale to grace that says, love, be light, be something more going on in the world. But it's this, it, you need both parts. If we just stopped breathing and we just held our breath, there's toxicity that, that builds up that's in the inside that just needs to come out. We need an, an exhale to balance out the inhale in our life. And it's beautiful to me how the, the gospel is the same way. Even the Christian calendar, how they set it up with seasons of celebrating and anticipation like Christmas. And then we have seasons of tapping into the struggle in the world and what's going on during like the Lenten season. We have seasons where we focus on, hey, there's more to this than just what's going on. We need different seasons to remind us and keep us going. And this season's the one that propel us forward. And so there's this relaxing healing environment and element that is anticipating more hope. But this hope is to get us to a place where, hey, I can be the hands and feet of Jesus and I can come into the Lenten season looking at people different, seeing different suffering in the world and saying, how can I be a part of this? There's a part of the, the freedom part that, that really tells you that uh, it's this unconditional acceptance. It's, I, there's nothing you can do to screw up how much God loves you, and there's nothing you can do to make him love you anymore, and there's this freedom and relaxation that comes with it. But at the same note, that's to empower us to be able to bring a bunch of gifts in on a 22 below Sunday morning for families in St. Paul and to be part of something more going on. Um, it's that reminder that we're... We're here to change the world, and it's not just one of us, it's all of us together. So many scriptures say it's when each of us are doing that little bit that we're empowered to do, that, that talents that we have, the gifts that we have. When each of us are doing that, then they can see a picture of Jesus. It's, it's almost like it's not complete unless all of us feel empowered and all of us are doing this together. And so as a community, this is a beautiful message to send us forth into Advent. It's like together there's something we can do. Whether it seems like we're a small community, we trust the spirit that we're making a dent, we're changing people's lives. People see God differently because of how we're relating to one another, how we're living this out. Um, I think we've, we've lost the art of following the Holy Spirit a little bit, and it's just that slowing down and listening beyond the busyness of whatever our mind is saying or the freak out of our mind and being like, getting below that and be like, okay, what's that small voice? Say? What's the relaxed voice, the one that's not panicking right now or think there's so much going on? What is that one saying? Is it saying slow down? Is it saying rest up? Is it saying you're just too busy right now? Or is it saying we've filled up now and we've got something to go forward with? Um, I think another big piece of this is being willing to tell your story. Advent is this season where we retell the story of the coming of Jesus, the expectation for him, the change, the way he loved, the way he did things. Yet in the verses we read today, we realize that our story is still being written. Our story is like a living letter of Jesus still being told that has even more power than a story from 2,000 years ago. And so are you telling your story in ways? Are you finding ways to, to talk about things? Are you empowering people to tell their story? Because just as much as yours is important, so is someone else's. And it's that gift of being like, what's going on? Tell me about your story. What's, what's happening over coffee, over lunches, over whatever? The holidays, grabbing your uncle and asking him to, you know, what's... What's God been doing lately? What's, what's his story like? I remember it was only, I think, like three or four years ago, I even asked my dad how he became, like how he started following Jesus. And it was way different than I ever imagined. I think I had this idea of what this story would have looked like. And then I heard it for real, and I was like, oh, man, you've never... 
I'm like 30 something. I've never heard this story. You've never shared this. You've never even hinted at any of these pieces. And it just was, but I'd never asked either. And so um, there's part of this story that we want to keep telling, that we want to tell our kids and keep this going. Um, there's so much of the gospel that's a message of liberation. Where are people being um, hurt? Where are they feeling lack? Where are they? What are you needing to be liberated from? Like, expect to see change from those around you, from God. Uh, it's there's a message of a liberating king coming to liberate. In the Old Testament, it was that Exodus story was their was their main text. They rallied around. If we're if we find ourselves oppressed, if something comes against us, we can trust God and He's going to get us out of that. And it still has carried forward. It's why the Voice decided to reference Jesus as the liberating King almost every time you see Him. It's this. There's something about this liberation that means so much to this. Um, that's all I have. Uh, Jesus, we just ask that you would help us to. Um, to find ourselves in this message of grace, whether we need that healing that's, that's to slow down, to find um, the freedom to know that it's you and not us. Uh, we just ask that you just help us to, to tap into that part of the gift of grace. If, if we're finding ourselves relaxed and inspired and ready to go, we just ask that this Advent season would get us to the place where we can be your hands and feet. We can be that reflection of you, that light, that goes into a dark world and changes things, uh, even little bits at a time, but we would be able to reflect you and, and bring that, that freedom and that peace and that justice and that restoration to any brokenness around us. Uh, and we ask that we do it together, that even if it's little 1% changes, that together we are walking this out, following you, being inspired, and making a difference. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.